0: Welcome to Primity, where we find simple techniques to help address modern problems for our primitive bodies. My name is Andrew Pafford, and I'm a health and wellness professional with over a decade of experience helping Olympic-level athletes, desk jockeys, and seniors achieving their goals and improving their quality of life. As a health and wellness professional, I am constantly bombarded with litany of questions. How much protein do I need to eat to get bigger? What's the fastest way to lose weight? Will lifting weights make me bulky? How do I trim tummy fat? Many times, these questions may seem to be rooted in creating a positive change for ourselves. However, they are often misguided by our vanity or misinformation, which in turn can lead to the exact opposite outcomes we set out to make in the first place. Today, I want to discuss some of the big factors that lead us astray. And when we do find a new approach to dealing with our health and wellness, we'll discuss questions we can ask ourselves to see if these new approaches will make a positive change or are doomed to failure. Out of the gate, let's discuss some of the pitfalls we need to be wary of. My favorite is our ego. A large number of us want the usual. We want to look good. That can evolve into a manner of different realms from hair to skin to body fat to muscle, but all in all, it's a safe bet that we all want to look good and to stay that way. That's why the hair, nail, and skin salons grossed $53.6 billion dollars In the year 2022, we value our physical appearance and are not opposed to spending money to look better and stay that way. And it's the very notion that we can simply spend money to simply get what we want that gets us into trouble. Many of our problems, if you want to label as such, are often rooted in our own behaviors that we choose to undertake. And instead of changing our poor behaviors, we simply look to buy a solution. Take, for example, weight loss. Weight loss ought to be on the forefront of many American minds, as one in three Americans are overweight and two out of five are obese. True, healthy weight loss is a complex weave of levers rooted in nutrition, exercise, and sleep and stress management. And yet we insist on engaging in temporary programs with promises of losing X amount of weight or Y percentage of body fat. We spend money on supplements that promise to melt the fat away in spite of almost every bottle containing the phrase along with diet and exercise, which of course is the world's biggest scapegoat. Did the supplement not work? No, Well, that's because you didn't diet and exercise correctly. Did you actually lose weight? Well, that was all because of the supplement and had nothing to do with the fact that you engaged in healthy lifestyle factors. The beauty of our body is that it is very much a reflection of how we treat it. When you mistreat your body, i.e., poor sleep, poor nutrition, poor exercise, then it's not uncommon to get bags under your eyes, become overweight, or become deconditioned. By engaging in healthy lifestyle habits, the body will naturally change itself. If you are treating yourself correctly, then the body will reflect as such. If you are taking shortcuts that don't have the body's health in mind, like taking supplements to offset sleep deprivation, diet programs depriving the body of needed nutrients, Engage in activity for one purpose instead of overall health, you will very much likely dig a deeper hole instead of digging your way out. By pandering to our ego and being selfish, we aren't being considerate of the body's needs, and thus, we'll very much likely move further from our goals rather than toward. The second unfortunate factor is misinformation, and invariably, much of it comes from the companies trying to sell you snake oil. While smaller operations, Selling supplements and the like might be easier to identify through their cheesy advertising. Larger corporations can work their influence to weave some smoke and mirrors that are not as painfully obvious. Big Pharma, Big Ag, and Big Soda companies lobby to have policies put in place protecting their products and sometimes being advocated for by our institutions like schools and government. Further, they even work to have sway over science and data. So if the data doesn't back their products or business, then at least it can be used to obfuscate the issue and allow continued operation. Now, without going off on a conspiratorial tangent, the point is supposed to be that there are a lot of forces out there looking to draw money from you without actually providing any true benefit. Our aim is to provide knowledge transfer so that you can leverage tools at hand and strategies that will improve your health and well-being while being beholden to no one. So in that spirit, let's discuss what questions we should be asking when evaluating a new health and wellness strategy. We need to establish that making any change is effectively goal setting. We have desired outcomes, lose weight, gain muscle, improve skin, yada, yada, yada. We need to utilize effective goal setting. Saying, I want to lose weight is a very broad goal. How much? How fast? You settle on 20 pounds in two weeks. Is that even realistic? It's not. Please don't aim for that. So the first smart thing to do when looking to make change is to make smart goals, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. This is not a foreign concept for project developers, and it's absolutely applicable to the health and wellness realm. Continuing with our weight loss example, let's be specific. I want to lose 20 pounds of fat. Measurable. I can measure 20 pounds of fat loss, so I need something that can measure body fat, like bioelectrical impedance scale or someone who's been trained to do fat caliper measurements. Achievable. Can someone lose 20 pounds of body fat? Absolutely. Is it realistic? Is it realistic to lose 20 pounds of body fat? If you are 50 pounds overweight, then Yes. If you are sitting at about 15% body fat and have a smaller frame, that might be a bit of a harder sell. Finally, time-based. I need to know what's a realistic time frame to lose 20 pounds of body fat. CDC states that one to two pounds of body fat a week is a healthy rate, which means I can expect my weight loss goal to take between 10 to 20 weeks. The larger one is, the faster they'll lose weight, but as they approach a healthy range, fat loss begins to slow, so that time window is a little large to accommodate the particular individual. So if I were to stumble across a diet program that promises to help me lose 10 pounds of fat in two weeks, that's a big red flag in my mind that violates the realistic portion of a SMART goal. Setting a SMART goal can help you cut through a lot of the noise that exists out there. The next questions get a little more profound but are still crucial when it comes to improving your health and wellness. They also tie back to the SMART goal setting. But changing the framing can help a bit more with understanding if a goal is healthy and appropriate. first question I'd like to ask is, can I sustain this change? Which is another way of asking, is this realistic? Our bodies take time to change, as in months and years. Going on a six-week program is almost a blink of an eye. If I have to go on a smoothie-only diet to lose weight for four weeks, chances are I'm going to feel like garbage, cutting out a good majority of nutrition for some proprietary shake. You may very well lose some weight, but your body will hate you. And when that program is over, you will regain that weight and with interest. So the easy question is, is this diet sustainable for six months, one year, a couple years? If the answer is no, then it is not Likely safe or appropriate. Additionally, some programs are absolutely effective and can be done healthily, but can you adhere to the protocols? If you work long hours, don't like to cook, and eat out constantly, doing something like the keto diet might not be appropriate for you. In spite of the growing body of research and the many benefits of keto, it demands strict adherence in order to be successful. If you know you strayed from previous programs in the past, Can I sustain being on the keto diet might be a nope. As it might beg reiterating, this is why some people have success with certain programs while others don't. It might not be the effectiveness of the program, but the appropriateness of the person's lifestyle that is the determining factor. Can I sustain this change is a powerful question that requires you to visualize yourself making room in your life. Many smaller, unobtrusive changes over time Can often have more profound effects and higher adherence than trying to completely reinvent yourself overnight. The next question I like to ask is Can I do this for myself? If you are beholden to someone, chances are you are paying someone. This means you are at their mercy and have the possibility of being hoodwinked, running the risk of overpaying, missing deliveries, unfulfilled promises i.e. the supplement you thought you were paying for was actually a sugar tablet, etc. There's a huge swath of exercises, techniques, and knowledge that we can all empower ourselves with, and the internet only helps facilitate this. Physio is showing you how to diagnose your knee pain, nutritionists talking about the merits of some foods and the dangers of processed foods, mindful wellness tips for improving stress and sleep. This p- podcast is a testament to that and a means to aggregate all that information. Some may be lucky and achieve their goals. Others may find through their learning journey that the problem they thought they had was actually something else because they took the time and effort to learn knowledge and seek out their answers. Don't take ownership of your condition and or goals. You will always be at the mercy of someone else. As such, I like to start my changes myself. Starting a new diet, I will make my food. Starting a new mindfulness routine, I will strive to learn the basics and apply them myself in the beginning. Once I have an appreciation for the novice level of the change I'm trying to induce, then I can choose to make the conscious decision to pay to learn from the experts, taking a yoga course, hiring a physio or personal trainer, paying for a dietitian, etc. That should come with the conscious choice of wanting to pay to learn more, not needing to pay. For example, If I never learn and try to cook on my own, I will be beholden to a meal delivery service. I can make the conscious decision to still hire a delivery service for the sake of exchanging money for time. But if that service does not deliver a meal, I forget to pick it up, they raise the rates, or there's a customer service dispute, I still have the power to make food for myself so that my health does not suffer. If I haven't learned to do it for myself, I am at the mercy of that delivery service. If I'm taking an exercise class that uses proprietary equipment as my only means of physical activity, I am at the mercy of that class. Change to a less desirable instructor, if they raise rates, if they close due to inclement weather, I know I can still stay at home and employ some push-ups, squats, lunges, etc., and my fitness will not be held hostage to an outside party. It's for this reason I encourage people to ask, can I do this for myself? Having a fallback option can prevent regressing, but it can also give you means to negotiate from a position of strength if necessary. Final question is, is this effective? This one may seem hard to prove sometimes, but that's what should help drive your curiosity into learning and thus better understanding of your changes. Asking the internet, is doing ab exercises an effective way to lose body fat? will very quickly yield the answer as a hard no. Yet, you would be surprised how many times I'm asked, what are some good core exercises? When the person asking is not asking in regards to back pain, posture, or lifting mechanics. Instead of a days-long pursuit to parse through the litany of abdominal exercises, had the question, is this effective, been asked in the beginning, precious time spent searching for and performing ab exercises could have been spared and instead invested in more meaningful interventions. Is this effective is also an essential question in scientific literature. When a change is observed, researchers will look for the clinical significance, meaning will this change affect outcomes? By taking this mentality and applying it to our lives and approaches, we can identify habits that might be worth adopting and some worth dropping. All good things seem to come in three so we'll recap the pitfalls to be aware of and the three questions one can ask while identifying new behaviors or even analyzing current ones. First pitfall, check your ego. Don't do things for the sake of vanity. Treat your body well, then you will look well. Second pitfall, the man is out to get you. Be wary of conventional wisdom and false advertising. Educating yourself is the best way to identify BS and stay out of trouble. Now, The first question to improve wellness, can I sustain this? This can check the health validity of an intervention, i.e. if I do this for longer than X weeks, will I probably die? But it will also help you identify if it is suitable to your lifestyle and adherence probability. Second question, can I do this for myself? We are designed to take care of ourselves. It should not be necessary to rely on someone or a company for survival. You can choose to engage with others, but you should start by trying to metaphorically stand on your own two feet. Third, is this effective? This should be a great question to help you weigh the pros and cons of an intervention, and if it's even worth pursuing. Sometimes the answer may not be clear, and if that's the case, it may not be a good option. The world around us is always changing, and as such, so should we. Sometimes habits that have worked for years might one day fall out of favor. Using these questions to evaluate new interventions and especially reevaluate old habits can be extremely helpful pursuing health and wellness. Thank you so much for your interest in Primity. We're always curious to see what your cure is about. So please send us your questions, comments, and feedback to info at primity.org. And as always, strength comes in many forms, from within, and without. So be strong to be useful. Take care, everyone, and stay strong.